let's just go buy up the market on this commodity. That in itself causes a supply chain problem. Of course, if you don't do it, then somebody else will, and then you're standing out in the cold, so it's a suspicious circle of what's the right thing to do. But it is time to break down some of those silos and really work together and understand the bigger picture. This is episode number 149 with Brian Hatch. In this episode, I'm joined by Brian Hatch, a seasoned global manager in supply chain with over 30 years of experience in a wide array of functions across the supply chain. Brian is now a supply chain manager at FlowSurf Corporation, a company that manufactures and services fluid motion control solutions for the world's toughest, most critical applications. And in this episode, Brian provides us with insights into the changing dynamics of supply chain and challenges leaders to drive meaningful change along the extended supply network. Supply chain is a team sport, and every stakeholder's position is as important as the next. In this episode, we focus on the ripple effects of using outdated forecasting methods on the extended supply chain and make a strong case for adopting this new mentality. So let's get started. Hey, Brian, thank you so much for being here on Transform Talks. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So why don't you tell our audience, I mean, I did a little intro, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and you know your journey so far in this wonderful world? I've been in supply chain or in types of supply chain for about 30 years now. I had quite a bit of experience with purchasing and inventory, logistics, planning, uh, and all of the above. And I've seen a lot of ups and downs in the in the world of supply chain over the years. Quite honestly, never seen anything quite like we're experiencing today. This is unprecedented times and, you know, calls for some new ideas and some new insights on how to manage today's crazy world of supply chain. You know, it, it, that is an understatement if I ever heard one. It is definitely unprecedented times. So for people in supply chain who are technically good planners, we like to organize, we like to plan and predict. How do you predict the unpredictable? Yeah, that that seems to be the challenge. You know, it used to be in supply chain or purchasing you know, it was always a magic trick or pull a rabbit out of the hat or let me go look at my crystal ball. And I, I've used the term lately that my my crystal ball fell off the desk and broke. And so it's and I'm, I'm all out of magic tricks. And so it's been a real challenge. Uh, a lot of the things that we used to be able to do at the last minute or you call in a favor and you do something, those are just gone. And so we're having to be a little more forward planning and think about things more about what they really are. And you can still be successful that way. You know, as long as you you look ahead, you look at the long lead times in shipping and transportation and you account for that and you and you plan for that. That means you have to have a few more meetings internally, get people more on board, uh, increase your inventories a little bit, which is unheard of in in the past, it was always just-in-time inventory. So, you know, you've got to really think a little bit outside the box of what's going on. You know, while you were talking there, I was thinking to myself that maybe, again, I don't want to minimize the tragedy of COVID and war in Ukraine and, you know, the things that are going on in the world, which are very, very serious. But if, if we talk about it from our realm, our perspective, right, could this be an opportunity, an opportunity to perhaps redesign the supply chain, to rethink maybe antiquated business models to just shake things up? So I'm glad you say that because that's exactly the way I think. And a lot of people are saying, well, I wish we could just get back to normal. Well, uh, what makes us think normal was the best option that we had. And I think what 
those that don't look at the things that have happened or are happening and learn by it and say, okay, what can we do better going forward? You know, they've really missed the, the message that's been sent during this time. And, you know, a lot of the programs and different philosophies we've been using in the business world are, are, you know, 50, 60 years old. And so it's not a bad idea to take a look at, you know, what really do we need to do going forward? You know, what really is supply chain? Where do we need to focus our efforts? You know, the, the just-in-time philosophy worked great when it came out, but is that philosophy obsolete now? Do we need to look at a different option, align ourselves better, and integrate ourselves better in the supply chain along the way? Can I just say that what you said there is so spot on? You know, you hit the nail on the head when you articulated it this way, which was, who's to say that normal was the best option we had? <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. I think you're absolutely right. Maybe we romanticize normal or we romanticize what we had in the pre-pandemic world. Do we really want to go back to that? So what are the opportunities? I mean, you've just listed quite a few, but are there any things you're working on that you can tell us about that are capitalizing on sort of the new way that we operate? I think the biggest thing is you have to work with your internal teams and especially the accounting people, the money people, and this philosophy of this is where we expected our inventory to be based on the just-in-time inventory. And so you have to take a look at the opportunity costs and say, okay, if we increased our inventory just a little bit here, we're going to increase these items here, it would allow us to be more flexible in the business and be able to react to our customer demands, which by the way, customer demands are are not normal either. And so we're dealing with... No, they're sort of irrational. They're, we're sort of irrational with dealing with people hoarding toilet paper yeah. and, you know, just... Yeah. And so we've got to take that into account of what are our customer demands. And you've got to make those changes and and really establish a new business model and make a decision of what's best for the company and how to move forward. And that's not something that happens overnight. That requires a lot of effort, a lot of people talking together, a lot of people understanding what's really going on and moving forward in that direction. I think it also requires having the kind of vision, you know, or understanding that we aren't going back to normality, which is what you just talked about. Maybe acceptance, maybe the first step, like in any kind of recovery program or something, is just acceptance or grief. The past is not coming back. This is the new plan. And so from there, you're absolutely right. You've got to talk to all the major stakeholders in your business. Is there an opportunity here to maybe remove silos as we all move to a more, I don't know, more supply chain is embedded into so many different parts of the business? Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing right now is to remove those silos. And it's interesting because the supply, the term supply chain has been brought up over and over again in the past few months. And everybody kind of goes, oh, oh, yeah, supply chain. And, you know, then they kind of bow their head and say, I really don't know what that means. But I, I, you know, I guess it's bad. I'd sure hate to be in that group. But, you know, people don't really uh, have an idea of what supply chain means. And supply chain is not a, a single group or, you know, you talked about silos. It's not a single silo. It's really a lot of things along the way and people that 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 don't even know what supply chain means don't realize that they're part of the supply chain whether it's the end user the consumer whether it's accounting whether it's production you know a lot of people think supply chain is just purchasing 
And boy, I'd sure hate to be part of that group right now. And, and I think what we need to really step up is look at the accountability, which is one of the pillars that you've talked about is, you know, where, where do I play in the accountability of the supply chain and what contribution can I make going forward to make sure that what I'm doing in my role, whether it's officially supply chain or something else, what am I doing in my role to help contribute to the success of the organization from a supply chain perspective. You know, you've got the, you know, you've got the groups that say, well, let's, let's just go buy up the market on this commodity. Well, that in itself causes a supply chain problem. And, and so, you know, of course, if you don't do it, then somebody else will. And then you're standing out in the cold. So it's a vicious circle of what's the right thing to do. But it is time to break down some of those silos and and really work together and understand the, the bigger picture. You know what, Brian, you and I have had a chat before we did this podcast, and I came away from it thinking there's going to be so many interesting things during this conversation. And I'm not disappointed because you said something else just now, which is I think people need to understand that they may not believe it, but they're part of the supply chain. And I think maybe the supply chain exec, whoever that person is, is, you know, purchasing, is planning, whatever. but they've been sitting in a lonely position, sort of cast to one side. What you're saying is that the supply chain is everybody. You know, it, it's me as a consumer. It's me as, you know, the transportation person. It's me in accounting. It's me, all of these things. And I think maybe the first step, like you say, is to identify that actually the first step, what we talked about is normal isn't coming back. And is that even the best option? I love that. And the second thing is I am part of the supply chain. So do you think it's a cultural, a big cultural shift has to happen? Yeah, I think it's a huge cultural shift, both in the the philosophies of how business is run. You know, we tend to look at the big players in the market, the auto industry, the electronic industries of the world, and we try to mirror ourselves after them. And even those big companies are looking at it going, what we've been doing just isn't working now. And so, you know, whether we're going to follow the leader make our own rules, see what needs to be done and be a bit of a pioneer and go out there and try a few things. I think that's going to be the companies that succeed are those that recognize that we've got to make some changes and we got to look within and look at some options to help us succeed in this unprecedented times. I'll say it again. You know what? And a lot of the companies that are part of the supply chain, part of the global economy are companies that are pretty old that have been around a long time, and they probably have embedded quite a lot of legacy systems, legacy bureaucracy, right? Processes. So is it time to sort of unpick those for a new world order that is more disruptive? Yeah, I I think if we don't do that, we're going to continue to hear this term supply chain issues, supply chain problems. And we're going to continue to say, gee, I wish somebody would fix that and not really understanding what that means unless we really step up and make some changes today take a look at what's really driving the problems you know we when when you're in this type of a market you have a lot of shortages of supply and if you look at the supply and demand model why do you have shortages it's mostly because the demand is going up why is the demand going up well people are hoarding commodities and products. And then you have the bottom dwellers that come up and say, 
I'm going to capitalize on this opportunity and I'm going to buy up the market and then I'm going to resell it as a broker for a hundred times the price because everybody wants it. And so we've created this economic uh, catastrophic event by not even really realizing that we contributed to it. We've created this chaos. Chaos is a good way to describe it. And I think you're absolutely right. It's going to take a lot of work from all sorts of, you know, internally from a business perspective, management perspective, I would even argue governmental perspective in terms of regulations, consumer practices. I mean, we're used to getting goods now, getting them within hours of ordering them and having an availability and an abundance of choice that has created this very ultra competitive complex supply chain with interdependencies across multiple tiers of unknown suppliers, right? That is chaos. That is chaos. And then you wonder why we're in the problems that we are in today. So what do you think are, let's get into more practical territory. What should leaders be focusing on from a practical perspective now? Well, I think what we really need to look at is we need to take a hard look at our forecasts and our demand. What is reality? What is the future showing? You need to take into account what of that is. We call it lumpy demand, which, you know, it's coming in as what's not normal, what's just there because of a panic or a situation. And we need to look at the forecasts and then we need to trickle that down to the other groups. What does this mean for the groups, the supply and the demand or the supply chain? And what does this mean for getting the various components? And then we need to look at what are our priorities and make some decisions. Is it time to maybe discontinue some products because they are causing problems with the supply and the demand? And could we focus our efforts somewhere else, recover that lost revenue and move on to something different rather than continuing to fight with something that, that, that is struggling right now? So those are some of the things that we really need to do. We need to start on the front end. We can't start in the middle and expect to solve the problems. You're absolutely right. I think maybe we are trying to start in the middle and expecting to solve problems. Can I talk a little bit about, because you mentioned the accountability piece, and I talk quite a lot about that in the podcast and the newsletter with our events. And is it time to really take seriously the whole accountability piece, which is recreate, creating new business models now that are more sustainable, that lead to more equity diversity, inclusion, all those things. Is that a priority for leaders? Should it continue to be a priority? And how do you manage that or balance that out with the competing interests of money, you know, financial metrics, as well as crisis? I think accountability has always got to be number one up there. And we've become a society of it's always somebody else's accountable for this or somebody else's accountable for that. And in businesses, we create these little silos or kingdoms to where certain groups protect themselves from any accountability. They want to make all the rules, but they don't want to be accountable for anything. And those are the areas that we need to focus on is everybody's got to be accountable for what what their part is. And communication is the key as long as we have reasonable expectations. So, you know, you can't submit your 
forecast the last day of the month and say, look, what a great job I did of meeting my forecast for the month. And those are the types of things we've got to get around. We need to plan for the future and not account for the numbers after they've happened and say we did good or we did bad. We're wrapping up now, but I'm going to ask you this question. And I know the world is very different to what it was 30 years ago. What would you have told yourself 30 years ago getting into the supply chain industry? What to expect? I probably would have said, go be an accountant. I think what I would have told myself is to be more vigilant in watching for the subtle changes and the signs of change. You can look back on this now, especially the last two or three years, and you could say, well, that was so obvious. Why didn't I see that? And those are some things that that we need to look at is what are still the signs out there? What are we still looking at out there? And what should we be paying attention to? And what should I be reacting to and acting upon now by looking at those signs? Because we've obviously missed a few of them along the way. I think we just, you know what? I mean, I've read quite a lot of things and people say a lot of different things. So I, I can't tell you exactly. But my opinion is we've had a relatively peaceful, I don't know, last couple of 30 years, right? And certainly within our careers, the there have been things that are regional, you know, issues, of course. But at this level of unprecedented change and disruption after change, after disruption, crisis after crisis, this is so totally new, isn't it, that we're all, all learning as we go along, aren't we? Yeah, we're definitely are all learning as we go along. Some are learning at a slower pace than others, and that's the challenge you have. We, we really need to read what's going on in the world. We need to look what's going on in the world. And as I said before, we need to take accountability for our piece in the supply chain. You know, what? what is it I can do in my group to make things smoother with the current things that are going on today? But that's my point, is that I think if we look at the relative peace of the last 30 years or stability of the last 30 years, it's created a type of business professional. I'm not going to group the supply chain person into this. I'm going to say everyone that just is keeps their head down and does what they do within their silo, right? And I think what we're saying is that this world today and even beforehand, we should learn the lessons about the things we missed. But that can no, that sort of siloed mentality, put your head down and do your job what's in your square feet, you know, it can't, that won't work in this world, will it? No, it definitely will not work. If you keep your head down and hope this is going to pass over, you're going to eventually look up and it's all going to be gone. I think on that note, we can wrap up. I want to say thank you so much, Brian, for being here. Thank you for talking to us and for giving us such golden nuggets. You really gave me a, a lot. I loved a couple of things that you said. I mean, a lot. I loved a lot of what you said, but there were really certain points here that I think are stuck with me and that I'm going to use again. So thanks so much for being here, Brian. And I'm sure we'll catch you again in another podcast. It was my pleasure to be here with you. Thanks, Maria. And for those of you listening, we will catch you at the next one. Thank you so much. 